Hey, I'm Jesse. We're in Nehemiah chapter three. And I know that if you were to sit down and like leisurely read it through, it wouldn't be the most gripping thing in the world. But I'm telling you, there is gold in this chapter. It's, it's like a rapid fire series of names and contributions, but these names tell stories. They matter to God. They're preserved in the word of God forever. And when we look at their collective effort, we see that they accomplish something that is, that is beautiful. I wanna show you something uh, interesting in the wording coming to the close of the chapter. Let's look at verse 28 together. Each of the priests made repairs above the horse gate, each opposite his own house, okay? After them, Zadok, son of Immer, made repairs opposite his house. Beside him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zelah, made repairs to another section. After them, Meshulam, son of Berachiah, made repairs opposite his room. Do you see all this? Like he repaired opposite his house and his room and his home. Next to him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs to the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the inspection gate, as far as the upstairs room of the corner. The goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs between the upstairs room on the corner and the sheep gate. And so that's the end of chapter three. These priests are handling what is allocated to them. They're handling what is what, what has been given to them to repair. And it often has to do with their own homes and where they're at. The prophet Haggai is gonna weigh in on this in, in chapter two. He's gonna point out how some of these guys are using this time to kind of beef up their own homes too. And some of them are even pro prioritizing their own personal their own personal en-suites like above the work that they actually have been called to do. It's not a perfect story. When we look collectively at what Zerubbabel accomplished as in the rebuilding of the temple and what Ezra accomplished in kind of the rebuilding of community around the Torah and then what Nehemiah accomplished in the rebuilding of the wall, they're not perfect stories. They don't end with they don't end with perfect glory. In Zerubbabel's case, Zerubbabel was the first guy, you see him in the beginning of the book of Ezra, and he kind of, he rebuilds the temple. But even in his case, the temple's not quite built back to the original specs of Solomon's temple. And then in Ezra's ministry, it's not quite perfect. It doesn't really go as, as planned totally. In the end, there's this weird like divorce decree that's issued among the guys who had come back into Jerusalem but had married women who maybe were not Israelites or who they could have been Israelites. They just lived in the outskirts of Jerusalem. And they're like telling guys to go divorce their wives. And this would be against what Malachi would say. And of course, go against what Jesus would later teach. And so there's this, it's mingled with this tension. And then even in Nehemiah, you just got a glimpse of what Haggai is going to call out later on uh, that some of these guys were being a little bit selfish with this. They, they were not 100% forthright and, and their efforts. They weren't focused totally on their own portion. Some of them were like, I'm gonna take care of my home here while I'm doing this. And I'm, in fact, I might even prioritize my home first and then go do that. And I get it, you need a home to live in. And by all means, if you don't take care of your wife and kids, you're not, you know, you're worse off than an unbeliever. If I can use a New Testament reference a little bit anachronistically. My point is this, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't, you gotta be willing to show some grace 
you gotta be willing to show some grace in Zerubbabel's case, because when Zerubbabel finished the temple, there's this massive outcry. Ezra chapter two, we'll talk about it, how some of the old folks were like, it's not nearly as cool as the old one. And they're like weeping and wailing. And then you got people who never saw the original temple and they're freaking out because it's so awesome. And those sounds all mingle together in this one shout. And in Ezra's case too, you have this, yeah, it doesn't end on a happy note. Uh, and not everybody even really obeys Ezra's weird divorce command. And then in Nehemiah's case, uh, Nehemiah's gonna go around like cracking a whip on people, trying to get them to obey because he started to see the work that Zerubbabel did crumble. He's trying to see the work that Ezra did crumble. He's starting to see like his own, even in his own case, not everybody was really living up to what they said that they would do. Nonetheless, in the broader picture, the temple existed again the the Torah community was reestablished and the wall was rebuilt. Moreover, even despite the, the physical attributes of particularly Zerubbabel's and Nehemiah's contributions, there was also a spiritual re reawakening among the people who belonged to Jerusalem. This is what made Nehemiah's opening plea so significant that he would go to King Artaxerxes of Persia and ask for funds and resources and time to go rebuild the wall around his own city. That was really amazing. It's, it's cool to see God work through kings like Cyrus and Artaxerxes who did not profess belief or faith in Yahweh, but were useful by God nonetheless for the purposes of his people and his will on the earth. That was a political risk because if these people have their own wall up around their own city, they could become a political problem for you. So it did get done, it just wasn't perfect. Nothing is going to be perfect this side of heaven. Nothing's gonna be perfect this side of heaven. So can I talk to the Redemption Church in our building campaign or other future churches using these resources in your future building campaigns? All right, manage your expectations to know that nothing's gonna be perfect this side of heaven. Nothing's gonna be perfect this side of heaven. Each of us brings to the table our own sin. Each of, us, each of us brings to the table our own imperfections. But in the end, God's gonna build a house for himself. He rebuilt the temple and the community and the wall such as they were in Nehemiah. He's going to build a church for himself here at the Redemption Church. And we know, we know that we know that we're gonna face opposition along the way. We know that we're gonna also have maybe some conflict along the way too. And that is par for the course, going back to the Old Testament. Managed expectations that look back on the bigger picture of things. Help us celebrate what is worthy of celebration. Let's keep that in mind. And such as we are, let's come together and let's build a church for God.